The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. I'm Shannon Penrod, and I am newly back from the TACA conference, the 2023 fall TACA conference, and I'm going to be talking about TACA today uh, and things that I've learned from TACA and, in particular, things that I've learned at TACA conferences because I know that not all of you can get to conferences, and yet, for this conference, there is a way for all of you to get to this conference, even though it already happened. Um, you can still purchase a virtual ticket to this conference by going to tacanow.org. And when you do, you will get access not only to the talk that I did, you know, which is, you know, nothing <laughs> in terms of what was available. You'll also get the talk that Temple Grandin, Dr. Temple Grandin gave on Saturday, which was amazing, and a whole bunch of other talks that I'm going to go through some of that with you today. But I'm also going to talk about why, things that I've learned so that if you didn't go to a TACA conference ever, uh, it may make you want to go to one in the future, but you should have the benefit of learning from the things that we've all learned from over the years. And then I'm going to talk specifically about some of the highlights for me at the conference. I wasn't there for the whole time. I, I will say I needed to get back early because we're having our big fundraiser, the All Ghouls Gala, on Saturday, and there are only a million and 18 things to do at that. But I want to talk about this and spread some love on TACA because they've been amazing for a lot of us. So, and we'll talk about some of the highlights. Uh, good morning, Autism Journey with Elijah Boy. we got to get you to this conference uh, in the future because I, I think you would have had a blast at this conference. And I met some amazing people, and I met some of you guys. I want to talk about that in just a second. But um, I, I want to start by saying TACANow.org. TACA stands for um, the Autism Community in Action. And it is a parent group. It's the largest parent group having to do with autism, I'm pretty sure, in the world, founded by the amazing Lisa Ackerman, that if you've ever stood in a room with Lisa Ackerman, then you are part of the club that says, boy, I'd just like to have a tenth of her energy. I made a point of saying to her husband, because I was sitting next to him for part of the conference, and I said, is she like this at home? Does she have this much energy at home? And he said, oh, heavens, no. Home is where she comes home and unplugs. And I went, okay, thank goodness, because if she had this much energy all the time, first of all, I would be a chartreuse with envy, but I wouldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Because she's amazing. Um, but I'm glad that she has home to go to and recharge her batteries, right? What a lovely husband. And I had the opportunity to spend time with both of her kids. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But this entire hour, we are going to be live talking about this. And obviously, if you guys have questions, uh, I feel free to write in. Uh, and, and you said, I want to be there, no doubt. I will make my calendar available. Just say the word. Well, I think next year, this time, it's right around this time of year, uh, put a note to yourself, and I'll try to remind you. It's just it's just amazing is what it is. Just amazing. I have no other words. So uh, anyway, you can be writing in right now. We can be having a conversation like I am having with my good friend Lori right now. Uh, and we are 
live on several platforms, and we are live on more platforms than we were before. Can I take just a moment to say that, you know, we've haven't been having a tough little time during this transition time, and we finally had the opportunity to talk with an amazing Facebook professional who helped us to sort out a bunch of different things, and we are eternally grateful. Because you know what? We continue on no matter what. And for those of you who soldiered through all of it the last couple of weeks and were able to find us where we were, I am just acknowledging you and throwing my arms around you and saying thank you. Si se puede, we get there together, right? Okay. Um, so you could be watching us right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, and probably a dozen other places. And our fabulous Chris Desmond will start to show you, as I, or may have already, I wasn't paying attention, show you some of those on the screen. I want to remind you we're, we're live right now, but the show is also available as a podcast. That usually happens either later in the day or the next day. And you can download it wherever you get your podcasts, and that is free to you, which I'm so proud of that. You know, this, this week, this month, starts us on our 14th year of being live in one way, shape, or form. Um, and, and that's a long time to stay live. And can I tell you how many people came and consulted with us along the way who kept saying, no, you've got to charge a monthly fee for people. And we just fought, fought, fought and said, no, let's find a way to keep it so that it's free to the user. And that's something that Dr. Grampiche and I have been adamant about since the beginning of time, and we continue to be adamant about it. But it, you will notice, because there is a cost for downloading. The, when you download the podcast, there is a cost. And we want to make sure that that cost does not get to you. So you will notice that we have sponsors, and there will be commercials. And I hope that you embrace those sponsors as being wonderful people who are making it possible for you to listen and view the show for free. Um, now, if you are somebody that's like, no, Shannon, actually, I'd like to pay a little bit of money, and I would rather not have the ads, you, you spoke, we heard you, that option is available to you now, too. If you go to glow.fm slash autism live, and when you go there, we are separating out the podcast for Ask Dr. Doreen and Autism Live, but for Glow, it is the same. So if you pay for the monthly subscription, I believe it's $5, it's even less if you pay for it for the year, you will get all the Autism Lives and the Ask Dr. Dreams that we post uh, in podcasts. You will get them without advertisements, and it's a, a low monthly charge. So glow.fm slash Autism Live. I hope that you guys will check that out if that's something that you want to do. Uh, so... In any case, uh, thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here. You know, we always, I like to say at the start of the show that our mission here is to provide information and inspiration. That's all we're trying to do here. Uh, don't have another agenda to grind. That's just it. Information and inspiration. And I want to tell you that when I was there on Friday and Saturday at this conference, I... I, whenever I have the opportunity to go to one of those conferences, my batteries get recharged because to be face-to-face -face with that many families that are in the middle of it, oh, my goodness, it was humbling. Uh, it was inspirational. I, I was so glad that I had a, you know, a one-hour talk that I got to do to say to them, you guys are amazing, and you're doing something that other people have never had to do in their lives and won't understand. And to look at this group of faces 
that all these people who all they're doing, they get up in the morning and all they want to do is make the world a better place for their kiddos and be able to communicate with their kiddos. I'm telling you that that really inspired me greatly and I'm thrilled to come back home and help to spread some of that inspiration to you guys. So I'm going to go through my top 10 things that I've ever learned at a TACA conference that are the things that I walk through my life with that are useful and helpful to me. Um, that if you haven't been to one, I want you to have these things, but then we're going to talk specifically about this conference and what my favorite takeaways thus far, because I didn't get to see very many of the talks because I was going here, there, chatting with this person, which was, because that was part of the agenda. We were told on the first day that, you know, pick the things that you can only do live and do those because the talks are all recorded and you can pay a very small fee right now. You go to TACANow.org, and I think they become available later on next week, and you have them until the end of December. Is worth it. So uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and let's start the PowerPoint. Top 10 things I've learned at a TACA conference. Number one, whoo, and boy did I get this in spades the other day, is that I learned I am not alone. And I want to share that with you. You are not alone. To be there with that many people who are as fired up about making sure that their kids' lives are wonderful, there is something magical about that, you guys, knowing that I always say that, you know, for me anyway, and I've talked to a lot of parents over the years, that your kid gets diagnosed and sometimes it feels like you are on a planet by yourself. And you go to one of these TACA conferences and you see your tribe. And, and it was so inspirational to me because, I mean, people have all kinds of conversations about diversity and, that, that, you know, and, and that's all very important to me. But you go there and you see it, that autism crosses every single line that there is, what culturally, uh, racially, political stance. I mean, there was every single walk of life. Uh, that there is was there saying, I want to help my child. And, and I, don't, I don't think any of us wants, uh, sits there and goes, oh, I hope more people join our community. Uh, I don't think that that's part of anybody's prayer. But when you get there and you see how many people are, are with you trying to find answers, there is something healing and hopeful about knowing that it isn't just on you. I always used to say that I want to go to sleep at night and know that better minds than mine are working on this and coming up with solutions. And, oh, do I feel that when I'm at a TACA conference. Both the speakers and the guests help me to feel that. I go, oh, there's too many of us in this. There's no way we can fail. We're going to be able to make the world a better place because there's just too many of us. So feel that you are not alone, and I hope that you get the chance to experience that. But I... I always leave there being 100% sure that it's not all on me. And you know what that does for me? It gives me the energy to pull my weight and say, I'm going to show up and do the things that I can do, and I'm going to leave everything else to other people and know that they are with me on this. A really powerful thing when you're feeling alone. Let's go on to number two. Uh, number two, there's always more progress to be had. And I'm sorry, Chris, I was supposed to go through these really fast. I'm going to go through them really fast now, and then I'll come back and do longer. Uh, there's always more progress to be had. Boy, isn't that the truth? And I found that out uh, this weekend. Number three, 
uh, autism is not purely genetics or environment, it's both. And if you needed evidence of that, go to a talk conference, you'll get that in spades. Let's go on to number four. Number four, garbage in, garbage out. Woo, this was a powerful thing for me to learn the first time that I was at talk. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. Number five, when it is autism, it is not game over, it is game on. That's a direct quote from Lisa Ackerman, and that has guided me through so much. We'll talk about what she meant by that. Number six, I don't have to invent new wheels. Uh, that people have already left uh, footprints in the sand for me, for me to follow. Number seven, uh, Taka mentors are amazing. And boy, they were out in full force all weekend long. Number eight, recharging my, my batteries is good for my child. Yes, can I get an amen? And number nine, slow and steady wins. Whoo, yes, I, I heard that very distinctly inside my body this weekend. And number 10, an action plan is critical to success. Okay, so those are the top 10 things that I've learned to talk about. Now let's go back and talk about all of them. I got confused about who I was and where I was and what I was doing. Uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, num- so we talked about number one already. Let's go to number two, which is there's always more progress to be had. I got to be honest that I'm at the point in the program where sometimes people say to me, well, you got to try this and you got to do this. And I'm like, eh, not so much. I think we're, you know, we're in a good space. And I was very firmly reminded this time, but, you know, I always get this at a TACA conference, that there's always more progress to be had. I was standing and talking to um, a mom and a dad, and I was talking about executive functions, and they were describing some things that were going on with their kiddo, who I believe was 11 years old, and I was saying, you know, At this point, um, sometimes what is ideal is an executive functions aid that goes to the classroom and they only work on things that are executive functions. And we talked about what that was and I said, you know, people are always mystified by this except that it exists across all kinds of businesses in the universe. Talk to any CEO of any company that's doing well and say, who is your coach? Who is your mentor? Who kicks you in the butt so that you take the next step and that you do the next thing? And they almost all will tell you that they have a coach or someone who helps them because they're, they'll say, I'm really good at this, but I'm not so good at this. And so I either have to job this out or I have to plan differently for it. This has to be shored up. Whoever is teaching them that is teaching them executive functions. And that's, you know, a, a part of being successful. So I was reminded that I could be having more success in my life and being happier and meeting my deadlines and goals and things like that if I learn some things and have an executive functions coach. Now, and you don't have to, for if you're an adult, you don't have to go out and spend tons of money, although you certainly can. They're out there um, that... You know, there are business coaches and people like that that help you to support to get to the next level. Um, but I also have friends that we, we know what to do. We just don't always do it. You know what I mean? I have friends that I can make myself accountable. That's me. But I also know that for my son, it's not as if he's done and he's arrived because nobody ever is done and arrives. So there is always more progress to be had, more things that you want to know. I'm going to talk about swag, like the best swag that I got at the conference. But one of the things, we're going to have these folks on the show um, from Religion, I guess. 
uh, they had these wonderful chargers. This this wins for the best swag for the event. Um, but one of the things that they were talking about that I spoke with them about is the frat um, test that I want to make sure that we get the opportunity to do, and we're going to be talking about it with you guys, the folate receptor antibody test. Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to cover that a little bit later. So, um, I and that was the thing. that I was like, oh, we haven't looked at that at all, and I want to look at that. So always more progress to be had, always more things to look at. We're never, we don't arrive. We're on the journey. We're moving forward. And Taka reminds me of that in a really positive way. So let's move on to number three. Oh, I love this one. You know, for the longest time when my son was diagnosed, I know people are still on this page that they're like, well, is it genetics? Is it environment? And you get people who are very distinctly in one camp or the other. And I learned many years ago at a topic conference, and I talk about this all the time, that it's both. That it's both that science has already answered this question for us, that it is both. There was a period of time in which we were saying things like, you know, genetics loads the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. I, I sort of like that an analogy because it, it shows that it's clearly both of them. Um, and the, the, the talk that was being given on the day that I was there and I heard the talk and I was like, okay, I firmly get this. Uh, it was Claire Lajonchet who was speaking and it was, she is one of the authors of what they call the twin study. And um, she was showing us their data that they followed twins. And I don't, you know, there's fraternal twins and there's the non-fraternal twins. And I didn't, I don't pretend to get the whole research and everything. And I saw the graphs and whatever. But what was clear to me was she said that if it were purely genetics, then what we would see, if it was just genetics, then every time that we have fraternal twins who have exactly the same genetics, they would all have autism and they would have the same kind of autism and it would be exactly the same. And that's not the case. That is not the case. And if it was just environment, then kids that are not fraternal, I think this is what the explanation was, but she was saying it would be one thing definitively if it was them, and that is also not the case. And they showed that there are variations and difference, which is why we know for sure it is both of these things. So for me, that was very freeing when I first learned that because it was like, okay, now we can end the debate on this and know that it's both. I think we've moved into the arena, and I saw so many talks, and I can't wait to see them recorded, that we're talking about lowering toxicity and you know how to mitigate on both sides so that things could potentially go better for everyone in the family. Um, and, and I really want to give a big shout-out to Taka for giving a forum in which these conversations can be had. If you want to know more about this, this is the organization that you want to check in with. Um, oh, and I love Autism Journey with Elijah. I think it was when we were talking about I'm Not Alone. That's what I love about it. And to know that they're all on the same page, what support, what a comforting knowing. I do want to say that I don't think that everybody is on the same page. Um, but I think that that is embraced there, that everybody is not on the same page, that everybody is on their individual journey. Um, I guess the same page is that we all want to help our kids. In that respect, they are on the same page. But how they're going to go about it, it's not as if there's just one path. They're very clear at Taka about each individual is an individual. Um, so, uh, but, I, but I love this concept because 
I think there's a lot of guilt in the autism community thinking, what did I do wrong? Is it my genetics? We just had somebody write in uh, last Tuesday saying, it seems clear now that more people have been diagnosed on my mother's side of the family. Is it my mother's side of the family genes? And I feel terrible. I think it's so time that as parents and caregivers of individuals on the spectrum that we put that hot rock down. Um, this is this is not anybody's fault, right? And and that we just go that we can we can put it down. There's a confluence of events that that make it happen. That you know, yes, are we working hard to see how can we mitigate it so that someone does not have a profound disability? We're not saying no autism, right? But we know that there are many different types of autism, and some of them come with more disabling aspects, right? And we, I don't think anybody wants somebody to be disabled. Um, but if somebody is, we want to make sure that we give them every opportunity to access the world. We're not saying that they don't have a right and a place in this world. I want to be very clear so that I don't offend anybody here. But if you could prevent somebody from being more disabled, I think we would all be in agreement that that's a thing to do. And this kind of science is taking us there. Uh, okay. Uh, she said, yes, that is what I mean, LOL. Okay, number four, uh, garbage in, garbage out. Yes, this is something that um, I don't know that Lisa Ackerman uh, invented this phrase, but it's something that she made really clear to me early on in talks that I saw her do, and I took very to heart. If what we put into our children nutritionally is garbage, then what we are going to get back out from them is not going to be their highest learning selves, right? That if we put garbage and artificial colors and artificial flavors in, we are going to see more behavior. And, you know, research has, has started to come in that shows this clearly in the last decade. But, uh, you know, and I love that. I love when we can look at research and go, oh, look and see it is not just my kid. But part of me is like, really? Do, you know, how much money do we need to spend on that? Because here's the research that's happening in your kitchen, living room, car, community, right? That you feed your child something and it, they are going to have a reaction to it. Whether the reaction is minuscule Everything, you know, I drink water and my body has a reaction to it. It's not so big that I have an immediate reaction to it, although if I drink this water in a certain amount of time, I'm going to need to use the restroom. There is a cause and effect to everything that we put in our body, and we're learning everything that our body is exposed to because let's not forget that our skin is our biggest organ. So, you know, if everything that we put in has an effect, it behooves us to take a look and go, first of all, I want to put the best possible things in. That's different for different people, right? I know people who can drink cow's milk and they don't have a problem. That there is no visible difference, their lives are good, and I know other people that are completely doubled over and in pain after they have milk. And in our kids, if they're having a milk reaction, it will often be behavioral. Now, I've talked about this before on the show that I don't think that milk is garbage. Let me be clear about that. Milk is not garbage. Things like Flaming Hot Cheetos, I'm sorry, Frito-Lay, but those are things that we don't want to put into our kids' bodies. There's too many artificial colors, flavors, and chemicals, and whatever. I did. I just called 
Flaming Hot Cheetos out, and now I'm going to get hate mail from them. There are other Frito-Lay products that I absolutely love. Um, so, but there are things that we all know that these are, these are, I don't know, breakup food. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even want you to put that in your mouth when it's break, breakup food. I'm sure that there's a better way to make uh, a corn puff that isn't full of red dye, you know. We for sure don't want to do that for our kids. Uh, and, and you can believe me or not believe me on this, but there, there are many different things. Okay, back to the milk for a second. And I'm not saying that milk is garbage, but anything that you put into somebody's system has the potential to be something that they go, nope, I just can't have. Um, somebody was telling me the other day that, you know, they can't eat grapes. That doesn't mean the grapes are garbage, right? But for them, it means if I put this in, output is going to be bad. Uh, okay. The, the milk thing, though, years and years and years ago, on many of you probably won't know who this is, but Phil Donahue used to host a TV show in the 80s. And I want to say that it's like 1984 that he did something that is really kind of questionably ethical, ethically questionable. That's what I want to say. He had people on the show who were talking about this milk reaction in kids. And what they did was the kids were all there on the stage with their parents and the, the psychologists were there and then you could see the kids were playing nicely and everything was wonderful. And then they knew that these are kids who are milk reactive. They said, okay, we're, as we go to commercial break, we are going to give these kids milk. Now, not very ethical, right, if you know that they're reactive. But it was to prove a point, and, and Phil Donahue said, I want to show the world what it is, because everybody is poo-pooing this. They gave the kids milk. They didn't put anything else in it, just regular old milk. And they came back from the commercial break, and it was bedlam in the studio. The kids were crying. They were acting out. They were shoving each other. It was hysteria. And it was very and they were upset. And you could tell that they were uncomfortable and they weren't feeling well. Uh, now, do I agree with what Phil Donahue did? Are we going to do something like that on the show? Of course not. Those poor little kids, right? But I also, um, you know, I never forgot it. That was years before I even thought about having a child, didn't know anything about autism, didn't know anything about food allergies. I went and got tested after that and found out that I had a milk allergy. Um, you know what I mean? And, um, and began to realize and do research about how when you are reactive to food, how does it make you interact with the world and learn so much about it? So when people say to me, oh, you know, I don't think, I don't uh, listen much to this whole thing about the nutrition and the food thing because how could the food thing affect what my child is doing, thinking, and feeling? I don't understand their thinking because let's sit him down and pour him a glass of beer. Um, what he does and how he thinks and how he moves through the world will absolutely change, will absolutely change. And we know that. So I don't understand why it's a far cry to that they might be reactive to something else. But in a, in a true sense, this slide was more about things that are nutritionally not good for our kids. And there's a lot of stuff out there that nutritionally is not good for our kids. I know it's easy sometimes. But I think if you will take five minutes and help yourself to learn, okay, if what my child loves is French fries, what is the best possible? You don't have to say no French fries. You don't have to go that far. Uh, I know some people who do. Um, 
based on their kid's reaction, if they're having a reaction to salicylates and things of that nature, you may get rid of the potatoes altogether for a period of time. But you don't have to in the beginning. If you start thinking, what's the best possible French fry that I can put in my kid's mouth? What's the best possible health decision that I could make there? I think all the time, you know, everybody always says, uh, you know, what's, what's so different? Why did we go from 1 in 10,000 to now we're at 1 in 36? Like, what are the variables that change? And there are a lot of different variables that change. But ask somebody what they ate in 1960. It is not what our kids eat now on any planet. It is not the same. And it's not the same for a lot of different reasons. You know, now in most households, both parents are working, and sometimes they're working more than one job. They're not baking their own bread, for heaven's sake, right? Things got a lot more complicated, and so I certainly pick the easy path. I want things that are, you know, nutritious and taste good and easy, and I don't have to clean the kitchen for seven hours afterwards, right? But there are better choices that you can make, because garbage in, garbage out. Um, do you think vitamin D and almond milk have the same effect on their little bodies? The reaction uh, with Eli is priceless. Um, you know, I got to be honest with you that um, my son could never have almonds. He was reactive to almonds. So I'm not as much up on uh, almond milk uh, as I am with maybe some other things. But I'm newly in the camp of um, – we had Rachel Bird on, and she talked about her almond cow, the the little machine that she has that you press a button and it turns almonds into milk, and so it doesn't have all the preservatives in it. And I have to say that really caught my attention, and I just bought one that uh, during Amazon sale days, I'll probably bring it in, that isn't the almond cow. It's, some, it's a different version, and I want to – she and I are going to do like a taste test off and try them and see how long they take, and we're, we're going to comparison – with each other, but I love this idea that I can get organic almonds because a lot of times when when uh, they roast nuts, they put a little bit of flour into the barrel so that as it turns, it doesn't stick. Uh, you know, that, then they're not gluten free, right? So, um, and and all the other preservatives and things that are in things, I, I just I like the idea of you put raw organic almonds in and if you want to put an organic date in to sweeten it you can and you put water in filtered water and that's it and it's fresh and it's there and whatever and it takes two minutes I'm I'm kind of into that the machines are not inexpensive but I I am moving in that direction I got to be honest with you uh <laughs> the faces and the yucky looks are funny uh anyway uh, yes, Rachel Bird is amazing. She's, and I'm learning so much from her, as I learned from so many of you guys. But I, I, I have to say, I, I haven't done the research on the individual almond milks to say, oh, this one's fine, this isn't fine. And remember, each one of our kids is vastly, vastly different. But is it that he just doesn't like the taste of it for the almond milk? Um, because I do think it takes a little bit of time. Now, when um, it's funny because when I came back from the conference, one of the things that I did was I stopped at the fermentation farm, which is in Costa Mesa. I suddenly realized I was like, I'm in Costa Mesa, and whenever I'm in Costa Mesa, I go to this place, and they ferment vegetables and all kinds of things, but they make this thing called zingy yogurt. 
and it's made with coconut milk, and they have different flavors, and it's one of my son's favorite things. My son would never eat um, uh, yogurt if it was made with cow's milk, um, and we couldn't give him almond milk, and I, you know, we've tried the cashew milk. It just doesn't, the, uh, the yogurt, it just didn't do the, the thing. Um, but he loves the fermented coconut milk. Um, it's, and I've tasted it before. It's, it's fantastic, but it doesn't taste like other yogurt. I think it tastes better. I think you got to play around with it a little bit. And he's, and she says, yes, the taste is raw. Um, I, I think give him a little bit of time to get used to it. Um, because it does, it does take time, um, with the, with the milk thing. And I would start with the cheeses. I think the cheeses, um, especially I was making a list of them um, for somebody at the conference. Uh, you know, we really like the Dea. I also like the Follow Your Heart. They make the smoked Gouda. Oh, my gosh. It's like let's not even get started talking about that. Um, Rachel really likes the Violife, and we both really like the Chow cheese, which is soy. Um, so... Um, there are lots of different ones to try, but I think the, the Daya one is a good one to start with because it really, to me, tastes very similar. Um, and I don't know if you have Trader Joe's where you are, but we, we all have agreed that we love the Trader Joe's Parmesan that's in the shards. It's, it's just really good. That would be a good thing to start with to get him moving off of dairy. Um, the other ones, I think there is a little bit of an aftertaste, and it takes a little getting used to. But I really, we're gonna we're gonna try the uh, <laughs> the milk off and see what happens with that. Okay, we got to move on to number five here because I want to get to all the other things at the conference. Uh, okay, Lisa always says when it's autism, it's not game over, it's game on. So if you are at any point feeling like, okay, well there went everything, I would say that I my whole life was like on a vision board of what we were going to do, the places we were going to go, all the things we were going to see. And when he was diagnosed with autism, it was like a snowstorm came and now the board, it wasn't empty. It just was filled with question marks. What, what is our life going to be like? What's it going to be? How's it going to be? But I think, um, I love this idea about it's not game over, it's game on. Yep. We're going to have to do extra. Yep. For sure. It's, it, there's going to be extra, but let's bring it and I think a lot of people discover, like, I, you know, I can't know um, for you, Autism Journey with Elijah, I, you know, but I see, I didn't know you before, but I see you blossoming, and I see you becoming the person that you were always meant to be. You're a leader, um, people are following you, people are watching what you're doing, they're learning from it. And, and, and I see you stepping into the opportunity and saying, I am going to be the person who's responsible to this child, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to tell others about it. And um, I personally relate to that because that's the decision I made. I've seen other parents make other decisions and say, you know, I'm going to start this charity or whatever it is that they decide to do. But it, it, there is... Um, when you find your purpose in this, there is something freeing about that, right? That, that acknowledgement of, okay, I'm going to have to suit up and show up because I'm being called into something that's bigger than I am. And all right, let's do this. That acceptance of, okay, this is the reality and it's going to take more from me. I think you find that you have more. And, and I think that that's a glorious thing. 
in the beginning, do you feel that way? No. I think in the beginning, uh, it feels like, oh no, why me? And um, But going to a TACA conference, you get this in spades and go, oh no, why me? Because all of these other people too, and I have these people with me. And you get moving, which I absolutely love. Number six, and thank you, Lisa, for that. I don't have to invent new wheels. This is a big one, number six, because I, I certainly felt in the beginning, oh, no, I have to climb Everest, Everest and I don't have a Sherpa, <laughs> right? You go to a TACA conference, and you find not only one Sherpa, there's a million Sherpas, and by the way, you're at the conference, so you're already at base camp three. And they already know how to get to the top of the mountain, and they're going to show you step by step, and you're not going to have to invent the whole thing yourself. So that, to me, was very freeing, that I wasn't starting from square one, that we can stand on the shoulders of people who've gone before us. I'm just metaphor city here, but I always thought of it as the snowshoe prints, that, I, you know, it wasn't a blizzard. There were footprints in the, the snow, snowshoes that I could follow. And I was always looking for those warrior pioneer moms who had been there and done that. And, and it was sort of like a changing of the guard for me when I was there the other day because somebody said, well, you know, this is Shannon, and she's been there and done that. And I thought, my gosh, that's true. Um, I'm, I've crossed over into one of those moms who survived it, and I'm happy to be here and share my wisdom and knowledge uh, with those of you so that you don't have to invent the wheel. Isn't that a lovely feeling that you're not starting at square one? Okay, let's move on to number seven. Uh, Taka mentors are amazing. Yes, they are. And when you are at a Taka conference, there is a table where they are standing there and they will walk you through whatever. I love that because this, you know, I'm going to go over this in a second if we have time. But, um, you know, there are, there were, I don't even know how many talks, but I don't know if you're going to be able to see it from here, but... Okay, this is just Friday and Saturday, and each one of these boxes was a different talk. That's just Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, there was no one. You know what I'm saying? And it was a lot. And there were three talks happening at the same time, and I was looking at them going, shoot. Uh, no, excuse me, four on Friday. I was like, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know which one I would go to. And, and I've been doing this for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? And they were saying to people, go to the... Go to the Taka booth. I loved this, that they were saying, have your two-minute pitch about what your story is, what's happening with your kid, what are the high points. Get it down to two minutes. I loved that Lisa was giving people that direction because you know, you know, you've met us. You're one of us, right, that we can go off and talk about our kid for an hour and a half. And she was saying, get it to two minutes. But stand there and say to somebody, here's what's going on right now, and then they will go through and circle for you and say, here are the ones that you should go to. And the rest of them, you can watch them later on. I loved that because everything can get overwhelming, right? And this could be overwhelming, but they already had the hack for it. But not only that, the mentors were there to talk about everything under the sun. So, uh, you know, I love, 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 love the fact that they have this. They are the boots on the ground that help each individual family. Uh, I also want to say that I want to give a shout out to our fabulous Blue Heart Amanda, who has been with us watching this show forever. And you guys know when she's with us live and she comes on and she puts her blue hearts on Facebook. Um, and she's amazing. And she always has things to add. And now she's a Taka mentor. 
and I'm so proud of her, and I'm so grateful for all the families who get to be with her as their mentor, because what an amazing, amazing gift. And one of the highlights of the conference was that I got to meet her. I'm going to cry. Um, you know, after all these years, and it was this sort of interesting thing, because both of us were like, oh my gosh, I finally get to meet you. It was a really, really exciting thing for me. Of course, then later on, I called her by a name that was not her name, something else with with an A, um, and felt like an idiot afterwards and had to apologize, because I'm a doughhead, and that is something that I do. But I feel like you guys don't realize that we here, Dr. Grampy Shea and I, we, you're a family to us. You know, we get to know you um, through this, and we care about you, and we think about you when we're not here. And to get to meet her was a big thrill for me, one of the biggest thrills of uh, the conference for me. So, and one of the worst things in the conference was saying her name wrong. Uh, I haven't gotten over it. I, I'm still beating myself up over it about it. Uh, but, yes, uh, they're great mentors, Um Okay, and you're still having trouble getting the live on Facebook. That's good to know. We're working on it, and we have Facebook helping us now. So, um, but if you don't have a Taka mentor, get yourself a Taka mentor. I think that you have to be a member of Taka, but it's a very reasonable membership fee. It, you know, the amount you pay for the membership fee is like a third of what it would cost you for one hour of mentoring if you were paying for mentoring, and you get free mentoring with that. So, it's worth it on every planet to be a member of Taka and get yourself a free mentor because they are amazing. All right, let's move on to number eight. Uh, Recharging my batteries is good for my child. One of the first things I said in my talk was that how in awe I was of the families that were there because I said, I don't know how you figured out how to be here. I really just don't even want to talk to you. I want to ask you, where are your children right now? How did you figure that out? Because it wasn't something that I was good at. I had a really hard time struggling to figure out what is my child doing and where is my child if I am away and at a conference. And it held me back from going to a lot of different conferences. I honestly don't know how these parents figured it out, but they did, and they're amazing like that. But whether it's that you're going to a conference or going, you know, to sit with friends or to meditate or go to an exercise class or to run, whatever your particular thing is, it's hard. When, we, when we've when we set ourselves this goal that we're going to be there for our kids and we're going to show up for them, it's hard to take time to do the thing that's just for you. Very hard to do that, and yet we have to. It is absolutely important. I, I don't think I've ever had time to myself that I didn't come back and wasn't enriched for my son to be able to help him in a better way, like supercharges you. And I think that that's true of other parents as well. Um, Yes, this is the hardest thing for so many of us. And, you know, I still don't have this down perfectly. Believe me, when I was getting in the car on Thursday night to go to this conference, my, my guilt was, I was like, oh, no, I'm leaving my team who are packing gift bags for the All Ghouls Gala. I'm leaving, you know, my husband, you know, to deal with two sick dogs. I'm leaving my son who's in the middle of midterms and I'm, I'm going to do this. And of course, as I was talking to people, everybody was like, go, go. This is a commitment you've had for a long time. This is good. And you're going to go and do the talk and then take some time for yourself. It feels like, oh no, what am I doing? And yet I'm back here today and I'm so charged to be back here because my battery got refilled. 
We have to do that, and I've learned that at Taka. So I hope that you'll learn that too. It's always worthwhile. Get that respite care. Number nine, uh, slow and steady wins. Boy, did I learn this at Taka, that it isn't uh, the other phrase that they say all the time, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And slow and steady wins. I love that other people, when we started to look at biomedical, people were saying things that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do this. They're like, all right, now you're going to give your child 37 supplements and uh, all of this stuff. And Taka was the voice of reason saying, no, we're going to try one thing at a time. Because if you give him four things, not 32, but if you give him four things and one thing is working and one thing is he's having an allergic reaction, you could end up getting rid of all four things and the thing that was helping is thrown out with the window because you didn't know which one to get rid of. Slow and steady wins. And boy, Taka taught me that in spades. Um, that if you're going to add biomedical th- or reduce things, you should really go one at a time and take time, let it adjust. It does take longer, but I, my personal experience is you're more likely to get where you want to go. Slow and steady wins. There's my snail. And number 10, uh, an action plan is critical to success. So this is one of the things that I've always loved about a, a TACA conference is they go, they give you uh, this wonderful thing they, uh, in the back of the program after all their sponsors, which we'll talk about in a minute, they have this lovely um, sheet here that says the planning worksheet um, where you can take notes and say, uh, who do I need to call to move things forward? Because we always leave and go, okay, you know, i got to call somebody. What is my homework to research? Uh, my therapy to-do list, uh, items that I need to take action on on my medical list, items that I need to talk about with my child's doctor. And they have the mentors there, and they have workshops where they winnow it down and say, because you could go there and you could learn 118 things, right? But then, then what happens? You go, I'm overwhelmed, and I go home. And like a lot of conferences, you go home and you don't do anything. And the, one of the big things with Taka is they always want you to leave with an action plan. So what are the two things that you're going to do as a result of having come to the conference? You can keep the list of all the other things that you want to do, and when you do those two things after that, you can add them back to the list. But taking reasonable action, absolutely the key to success. And I love that they don't leave that part out. How many times have you ever been to a talk or seen something and you go, I'm going to do that tomorrow, and then you don't because no plan was in place to take action. So I love all of those things about Taka. I want to talk about this conference in particular. Should we do the swag first? There was a lot of interesting swag, and I didn't bring all of it. I did particularly love these. We've had CLE, which is the college living experience, on the show before, um, but I super loved these. Everybody tends to have these sensory squishy things at their booths, and sometimes there's like a brain and or just balls, or th- just things that you can squish and do whatever. But how much do we love these? Because they come in the shape of Legos. And I said, can I have one of those, please? And she was like, yeah, but you can't just have one, because it's no fun with one. you got to have two, because I didn't realize that you can stack them and build with them. Um, so I super loved that. Um, and they're squishy, too. So these are a great thing to have in, in a bug-out bag. Um that we always had, my mom made the zipper bag, the famous zipper bag that was all zippers. She just sewed zippers together, and so he could unzip to his heart's content. And I think at the time we were working on zippers, and I think that's why she did that. But in the zipper bag, we would put, we had like some putty, 
uh, and we had these kinds of things in them. And for my kid, at that time, he was really into wind-up toys. And the great thing about wind-up toys is there's a distinct beginning, middle, and end. So if something was happening and we needed to distract him, we'd take out a wind-up toy. We had the little monkey that would do a backflip, and we would put him down, and he would do a backflip, he'd do a backflip, and now it's out. Now you either got to wind it up, or you put it back in and pull something else out. Loved it, but I would put these in one of those bags. These are great if you always have it with you in the car or whatever. You're at a restaurant, and you're waiting um, for the food to come. You pull out the bug-out bag. It's fabulous. I love duck-duck bag. It's wonderful. But my favorite swag of the day was this wonderful charger, uh, a wireless charger. So you plug it in and you just put your phone on top of it and it, you don't have to plug your phone into it. So you could put two phones on it if you want it. And, but I loved this and we are going to have them on the show. If you want to know more information about them, particularly the FRAT is what I want to talk to them about. That is the folate receptor antibody test. And you can go to www.fratnow.com and find out more about them. They also do the MitoSwab. Um, so you can go to www.mitoswab.com um, or the whole company, uh, which is www.religendx.com. I'm going to say that again slower, www.religendx.com. DX, um, so reliable um, genetics diagnosis, I guess, is what that's based on. So um, I super enjoyed talking to them, and I'm going to have them on the show to talk about that folate receptor antibody test because we've talked about MTHFR before on the show, and I did not, I did not know about this uh, folate receptor antibody test because it's the opposite end of the spectrum, um, and there are some kids that are having difficulty speaking. And they get this test, and if they qualify for the test, then they need to have an infusion of folate, and then suddenly they're able to talk more, which is pretty fabulous, you know? So we're going to talk to them about how you do that. So, um, okay, I, I also want to say, well, let's talk about my highlights. I already talked about meeting Amanda Blue Hearts because that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And there were several other viewers that I got to meet that it was just delightful and wonderful parents that I've met over the years on the phone and never met in person, so that was exciting. I did get to see Temple Grandin, and I have to say that one of the big highlights of my whole weekend was that Moira, our fabulous Moira, was in charge of being with Dr. Grandin because, you know, you always have to have somebody to take somebody uh, when they're a celebrity, and she was a celebrity, and people, I mean, it was crazy, you guys. I wish I'd taken a picture of people waiting to get in to see her. I can only imagine it's like what happens at a Taylor Swift concert uh, because it was just full-on fandom craziness. Um, but before that, earlier in the morning, I ran into Moira and Temple, and uh, Temple just threw her arms around me and gave me a hug. And, like, totally initiated by her. And I, um, I like, I almost couldn't talk. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, just remember this moment. Just remember this moment. Okay, I want to go through this um, and talk uh, a little bit about, first of all, I want to say um, shout out to the sponsors that made this happen. The, the people who sponsored uh, Temple's Talk, I, I hope I'm going to be able to find them here. Yes, Mastec, a construction company, sponsored her. Um, to speak, and she, 
she couldn't have been more thrilled about that. She was like, this is really great. And not only that, a construction company that has an initiative that they hire people on the spectrum, it was brilliant. It was just, just brilliant. Uh, I'm just going to shout out some names of um, companies, Spectrum Awakening um, and uh, Rosignol uh, Medical Center. These are some of the people who sponsored Beacon Day School. They all had booths that were there. Um, the EEG to go. Now, I didn't get to talk to these people because there were people around their booth the whole the whole time I was there, and I didn't get to talk to them. But we talk about this from time to time. That um, now it used to be that if you want if you needed an EEG for your child, what you had to go through, the hoops you had to jump through, miserable, miserable, miserable. But this is the one, one of the ones where they come to your house. Uh, they do the stuff there, they park the van outside, and your child is able to sleep in their own bed. Um, really, really amazing, um, and they do it right in their own home. Now, I, I've been saying to you guys, I thought that they were only in, in Orange County, but it tells us here that they have EEG to go in Irvine, which is the Southern California. They have it in Florida. Uh, they have it in Texas, and they have it in Arizona. So you can look up EEG to go if that's something that you want to do. Um, Houston Enzymes was there. Lovely to chat with them. Maristem, I didn't even know that they were there. I love Maristem. Um, great, great, great. Um, Tree of Life was there. Nutrigenic Functional Genome Nutrition. New Beginnings had a big presence that was there, uh, Nutritionals. Uh, Autism Learning Partners, love them. Elizabeth McCoy was there, a, an attorney. Mass Tech, as I mentioned, they were somebody, um, they, um, HBOT was there. Um, there were a lot of HBOT people that were there, one, two, three, HBOT. Um, soft Shell, I should say. Uh, Ion Cleanse was there, giving people you could you could go and get a foot um, Ion Cleanse done to pull toxins out of you. Beauty Society was there, and I had a wonderful opportunity to talk with them. They've got some amazing makeup products that are really really good. Home Loans was there, um, helping people who have kids on the spectrum to be able to secure, secure uh, a really good home loan and uh, they understand your needs, so that's a really wonderful thing. Neuro Needs was there. Uh, Life Treants was there. TLI uh, was there. I don't know what this one was. I don't know what this one was, and I didn't see them there. CLE, as I mentioned, was there. Uh, Tapestry Autism Study was there. But I don't, oh, Quicksilver Scientific. CBD Products. Okay, so those were just some of the, the sponsors that were there. Uh, we want to thank them for putting on an amazing, amazing conference. Can I just take a second, since we've got about three minutes, to talk about if you do, if you pay for the membership to be able to get some of these things, for instance, on Saturday, if I had had the time to go, there was one called Optimizing the Gut Microbiome. Ooh, I, that's one that I will be watching. Um, but then there was another one at the same time, uh, Filling Your Behavior Toolbox, Ways to Manage Challenging Behaviors. Wished I'd had an opportunity to see that. And then the one in the middle on that one was Introduction to the Leading Cause of Autism and Its Treatment and Prevention. Hello. And the fourth one for that hour was Autism Outreach and Advocacy in the Community. 
I mean, my goodness, there's not, there's not a dog in that pen, shall we say. During the hour that I was speaking, um, there were, I wanted to see all the other ones. The impact of de detoxification on accelerating recovery. Ooh, hello. Gut on fire, the role of SIBO and dysbiosis in de developmental disorders. Hello. Essential issues regarding executive functioning in persons with ASD and implications for independence and employment. And then, of course, there was mine, parent to parent, eight keys to success. Um, a crazy amount. There was a, a seminar on living trusts and how to do that. There was one about maternal immune system and autism. Uh, with Judy Vanderwater, who I wished I'd had an opportunity to meet again while I was there. They had Andrew Usman, who was there, Dr. Usman. Um, so many people, and I didn't get to meet everybody, um, but interesting. They had stuff on hyperbaric oxygen, uh, stem cell, cannabis and autism, hormones, uh, understanding lab tests, taking action sessions on therapies, trends in autism research, theropticism, uh, Phoroptosis, a new contributing factor in autism. I have no idea what that means, but don't I want to? Um, crazy how many uh, take action session on adulthood. Then the first night that I was there, they had the Night of Hope, which was a panel of young people on the spectrum, some of them who used tablets to speak so inspirational and was so glad that Dr. Fannin was able to be there to, um, to see that. On Sunday, how uh, glutamate increases inflammation. Hello. Uh, treatable medical conditions in ASD that may contribute to symptoms of anxiety, OCD, and aggression. Would have liked to have been there for that. Uh, how to be a better advocate. Yes, treating mold illness. I'm telling you. There's so much there, you guys. I really encourage you um, to, uh, if you can afford it, um, it's not very much money, uh, and it's open now, tacanow.org. You'll get all of the, the different talks. In the back of this program is the um, abstract for each and every one of the talks. Um, okay, you're going to email me after the show. I love that. Um, and tablets, yes, they were, they were, they used tablets to be able to communicate. Um, they were nonverbal. So, um, anyway, that's where I was so much to learn, but I always learned so much from it. Just so thrilling. It's so worthwhile to go to these, you guys, if you can work out the way to go, I really want to encourage you. They, uh, they used to always do one in the spring and one in the fall, and the one in spring they would do on the East Coast, and the one in the fall they would do on the West Coast. Now, during the pandemic, they went all virtually, and this was the second time that they've done the fall one in person. In the spring, they did one virtually the last two years. While they, this, so this was the only in-person one that they did. I have no idea what they're going to do next year. But either way, I can tell you it's worth it. It's worth it if you just watch. If you watch five of the talks video-wise, I guarantee you you'll be like, okay, I've got things to do. And, uh, you, know, uh, and you get them all with one price. They are only available until the end of the year. And Lisa made a really good point, and then I, that's what else I have to talk about. Lisa made a really good point that they take them down because information changes, and they don't want information to be out there and get outdated. So they don't leave them up forever. It is a limited time. The other thing I didn't talk about, the other really in, 
inspirational thing that happened, and I'm going to have him be on the show. Lisa opened up the conference and spoke very passionately and, you know, had us all in buckets of tears. And then for the first time ever at the conference, she welcomed her son, who's 26 years old, Jeff, to come up and to talk to all of us and to perform for us because he's a singer. But before he came up, they showed video of him. He had apraxia, which meant that he had autism plus, right, Uh, difficulty in talking. And they showed him having therapy. And then they showed a couple of years later when his dad was doing an interview. And, And keep in mind, I'm sitting next to this gentleman, her husband. And while this is playing, uh, I'm sitting between him and his sister. So this was very interesting seating for me. And they're playing on the screen this dad being interviewed. He's sitting in his house, and for some news program, he's being interviewed and talking about how you know things are so much better than they were and how important it is to stay involved and keep, you know, keep on fighting the good fight and helping your child to have language and so on and so forth. And at a certain point, his, like, 9, 10-year-old son comes walking into the room, and he's like, hey, Dad, what are you doing? This is the kid that we just saw in the video that was not able to say octopus, right? And uh, he's like, hey, you know, buddy, I'm doing an interview. And you just see this relationship between this son and, and the dad, and he sits on his dad's lap, and, and, and he goes, what are, you, what are you doing? He says, oh, I don't know. And he goes, what do you want to do? And he says, I want to sing a song. And dad says, well, then go ahead, you sing a song. And he sings, I think it's Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star that he sings. And it's very moving, this boy who wasn't able to talk in the previous video. And then he tootles off and goes on his merry way. And there's a moment where the dad is sitting there and he's kind of looking at the camera. And you just see all these emotions chasing themselves all over his face. And that he's trying to keep it together. And the interviewer says, so you know, what's going on right now? And he says, well, you know, you don't, you don't realize that that's everything. The fact that my son can come in and say, what are you doing? And I can say to him, what do you want to do? And he says, I want to sing a song. And that he just picks a song in his head and he sings it. He, and dad totally wells up. I'm telling you, there was not a dry eye in the house. I was sitting next to this man, and I was make, making, like, the <gasps> noises because I was trying so hard not to sob out loud um, to see this dad going, you know, him being able to sing whatever song he wants is everything in the world, right? So that's the entree into Jeff getting up and speaking and singing. And Jeff sang two songs that were original songs that were wonderful and fabulous. And he was delightful and sweet and uh, just this open heart, beautiful young man um, who's amazing. Uh, It was, let me tell you, I had to go back up to my hotel room and reapply makeup because it was all in my left armpit because I'd cried so much. It was a wonderful way to kick it off. So this was uh, the Taka, um, uh, How to Be a Better Advocate. I'm, I'm getting a vendor table next year. Uh, there we go. There you go. I think you should. Okay. So, um, but check out so that you can watch those videos after the fact. And if you are in California, ask if the regional center will pay for it because there were many, many people that were there that got to go for free because regional center had paid for it. That's if you're in California. All right. We are going to be back tomorrow with Dr. Grampy-Shea, and we've got a great show for you. You can be writing in your questions right now. 
course, I cannot remember what the topic is. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. If it's something fabulous, I know that it is. So make sure that you're here with us tomorrow for that. And we'll tell you more about the All Ghouls Gala because it's happening this weekend. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Take care of yourselves, all right? Bye-bye for now. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.